0: So sorry about the uh, delay, I totally just totally spaced on, it was like the next day before I was like, oh, what do I have on Monday, let's see, I'll go home and, ah, oh, shit, like, I'm just <laughs> so not used to meeting, and, and, and it was one of those nights where I was angry that there was nothing on, like, oh, I'm gonna, like, there was something on, like, Roadhouse was on, some some movie I've seen a billion times, I was switching between that. What,
1: on, on Sunday?
0: Yeah, on Sunday night.
1: Oh my and, god, Tim.
0: Yeah, I was like, Oh, <laughs> there's nothing to watch. And like Man, so I was, what
1: should I what should I watch? <laughs> oh I was, gosh. So there, was,
0: there was some shitty movie on that I'd seen a billion times, and I was flipping between that and the American Music Awards, and I was like, Oh, this is stupid. Um
1: <laughs> Man, I wish I had an episode <laughs> of a a show to watch for a podcast.
0: Yeah. I, and then I was like, damn it. Like Every other like several nights, well, a couple nights of the week, like you know, Sarah and I like to watch stuff on TV. But even she wasn't really that into it, and and I it it was a perfect time to watch an episode of Curb, and I completely blew it. <laughs> so here we are now. So thank you for thank you for adjusting to the delay.
1: No worries, no worries. So all right, should we get
0: going? <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. What a long.
1: <laughs> Long put a, a long tangent of modern music.
0: Yeah, considering we just talked a couple days ago, normally we don't. We're like, well, I don't have anything yeah. to talk about. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, for real.
0: Um, all right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning.
1: It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time.
0: I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season four, episode six, The Carpool Lane. I want to put the emphasis on the fact that those are two separate <laughs> words. <laughs> the Carpool Lane. I, I always like doing that just because it, it throws people off. Like, are you going to take the carpool lane? Why do you, Why did you emphasize it like that? Uh, it throws the universe into disarray. Before that, what is the deal with stuff from our last episode? The Five Wood. We wanted to know, is Jeff Rosenthal a real person who was a writer on Party of Five and came up with the Good Hodgkin storyline for Matthew Fox's character, Charlie? Jeff Rosenthal is a producer and actor. He co-executive produced Jeff Garland's movie, I Want Someone to Eat Cheese With, which we've talked about before. Sarah Silverman's in it. <laughs> Interestingly enough, he was a producer and and an actor, I believe, in a show called We're With, or a short called We're With the Band that I guess became a show later. I don't know much about it, but he was on an episode with Alanis Morissette, fellow Kirby Your Enthusiasm. No way. Co-star, okay. yeah. And he was one of the head segment producers on BattleBots.
1: What a yes, weird. Yes. Yeah. It.
0: What a weird career, like BattleBots, some weird music video thing, and then Jeff Garland's movie he ended up having something to do with. Uh, His acting credits include Sister Sister, that was the first thing he was on, uh, an episode of City Guys, which was a TNBC Saturday morning teen sort of Saved by the Bell-ish type show. Do you remember that? That might have been in your... Because it was on TNBC? when I was in
1: NBC. What is yeah, So NBC
0: NBC on Saturday mornings after their cartoons would run these teen shows. Oh, and my city... God. I've yeah, never and they'd call it heard TNBC. of NBC. <laughs> I think oh. that was still their branding at the time when City Guys was on. But I guess it was about just two city guys, <laughs> two dudes who lived in the city. And I only remember one episode of it that they worked at their high school radio station, which like every <laughs> every teen comedy show in the 90s had to have or 2000s. This was yeah, this is probably 2000s. Because I remember it was on when I was in college, but uh, had to have an episode where the kids worked at a radio station and then never ever went back into that building ever yeah. again. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I have it on nine hundred two one zero and Saved by the Bell and City Guys happened and on that seventy show too. Of course, of course it did. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, but I remember like they started doing like gossip about the high school and everyone like loved it, but. Ted, it was like at the expense of telling oh. their friends secrets. So, you know, oh man, I know so they, they...
1: They, did they learn their lesson? I think they did that time. I think okay. they did learn well, their lesson. That's good. Yeah,
0: that's good. The, the writer's room motto was hugging and learning. City guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about the show to come up with a podcast name for when we do City Guys. <laughs>
1: maybe, maybe it's just that hugging and learning. <laughs> hugging and learning. H- hu- hugging, comma, learning. <laughs> Better yeah hugging hugging, learning hugging learning (laughs) christ (laughs) um coming coming soon patreon exclusive of us just doing city guys watching city guys but you don't remember this i'm I'm gathering no shitty guys (laughs) watching city guys (laughs) perfect uh
0: he was on an episode of malcolm in the middle and in 2004 credited as writer on imdb in one episode of curb your enthusiasm and that would be season four episode five the Five would. <laughs> so he is not a television writer. He is an actor named Jeff Rosenthal mm, uh, okay. playing himself, playing a writer in this episode. I, I want to mention, well, he is a television writer. He, he was a staff writer on, he has no writing credits for Party of Five. He was a staff writer on My Big Fat Greek Life, which was the TV series starring Neo Vardolos, also featured on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Was and, that the
1: TV series made out of the movie?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, Ugh. years later, too. Like, a million years later, it was like, wow, someone was asking I remember, for this? I like, remember yeah. that.
1: Yeah, and I remember being like, wasn't the movie like five years ago?
0: <laughs> yeah, and then even more recently, they made the sequel. Like, yeah. like Big Fat yeah. Greek Wedding 2, I guess. Yeah. It's like, people are people want this? Okay, all right. Uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding was one of the most successful it was, indie ve- it was very
1: successful yeah yeah,
0: yeah it cost like a hundred thousand dollars to make and it made a hundred million dollars and so damn yeah you got to imagine like i'm, I'm I, again as you know from the last episode 100 million is my go-to for estimating anything so <laughs> don't take that don't quote well, me on that
1: okay i guess i gotta fucking <laughs> oh, check no. it now
0: what are you you're looking at box office i'll look up budget <laughs> looks my like uh okay budget
1: okay okay yeah look up the budget
0: Okay, I think I said a hundred thousand dollars. It cost five million. <laughs> <laughs> I lowballed it for once. <laughs>
1: okay, uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Wikipedia have staunchly different uh, numbers. Wikipedia yeah. is saying box office ninety point six million U.S. Rotten Tomatoes is saying two hundred and forty one point four million U.S. Wow, so I'm wondering is... if uh I'm wondering if both measures are in US dollars but one is domestic and one is uh domestic and international.
0: I'm seeing worldwide box office is 375 and oh, I damn it. Okay. I'm seeing a couple of other places uh 240 241 is domestic. Yeah. Did you have that number? Okay. Uh
1: 241 is on Rotten Tomatoes. 90.6 yeah. is uh is the Google listing and Google typically, you know, just pulls from the yeah. first source, which is Wikipedia, in this case. So that
0: yeah. So I don't know where they found that ninety, but so it made. So I lowballed it. What do you know? It made two hundred and forty-one million dollars on a yeah, five million dollar budget. So it's no yeah. wonder they kept going back to the well.
1: Yeah, maybe that three sixty-eight is domestic and international.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, because it says worldwide is three sixty-eight, and okay. international is one thirty-three, and domestic is two forty-one. So
1: there we go. All... There we have it.
0: But guess what, Ted? Breaking news from July of this year. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 is happening.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> for real?
0: Yep. We're not doing that for Patreon. I'm not even going to joke about it.
1: <laughs> Just um, skip right to the third
0: one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But so he, how, did, he wrote how on How yeah. will we know what's going on? We're going <laughs> to be totally lost in the story. So lost. Uh,
0: and interestingly enough, Jeff Rosenthal did... He was a writer... On a ton of issues for Bongo Comics, which is, of course, Matt <gasps> uh imprint uh, for The yes. Simpsons and Futurama and Bartman and Radioactive Man and all that stuff. So he's written a Tim, ton of those. Yeah. Tim,
1: Bongo Comics was my favorite comic publisher whenever I was a kid. I have probably hundreds of Damn. issues of either Simpsons or Futurama comics. Hundreds. I bet you got a Rosenthal. Not in an there. exaggeration.
0: Yeah. I believe it. I believe it.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. a, like everyone a, else is obviously fanatic. like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I love this, uh, I love this arc uh, of Detective Comics, and i will just be like, yeah, I'm just getting my fucking Simpsons comic, man. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I love the Rosenthal Futurama arc that he did. <laughs> Have you read that? Oh
0: my gosh! <laughs> now you can throw his name out there. Yes. Remember oh, when Fry I... got
1: the good Hodgkins? <laughs> oh, no. Now I, can, now I can go be all snobby at the comic shop about yeah. Rosenthal arcs. <laughs> Homer gets the good Hodgkin. So
0: that's all from our homework. What else from this episode? Leo Funkhauser. I found this interesting. Uh, he's presented at his funeral with an open casket. Funkhauser's character is repeatedly referred to as Jewish, and Jewish funerals don't include open caskets. I didn't know that uh, Jewish funerals don't include open caskets. I don't know if it's a hard and fast rule. I, I should have looked it up further, but I didn't. Speaking of the open <laughs> casket though, they should have really gone with the closed one, but I guess they couldn't because they had to be able to see the five wood. And when Leo Funkhauser is talking at his uncle's funeral, you see a close up of the body in the coffin and it's blinking. So someone didn't tell really? the body <laughs> double or or whoever is in there that they were gonna be on camera. Yeah.
1: Look like how hard is it to not <laughs> open your eyes if you you're might, playing yeah. a dead guy. You might not have known that
0: like, you know, oh well, your your feet are gonna be in the background here or whatever, but <laughs> but it just, uh, you know, he, he just, he was on, on camera. Um, let me just do a quick uh, quick Google here. Oh, okay. Uh, again, this is the, the highlighted text that Google pulls from Jewish funeral customs at starofdavidmemorialchapelnj.com. An open casket or cremation is not generally accepted in the Jewish tradition. How about that? Hmm. And here's from chabad.org. Why don't Jews have open casket funerals? At Jewish Funerals. This is from JewishBoston.com. Why are most... Why are the caskets... No, not most. At Jewish Funerals, why are the caskets closed? Uh, so there we go. That trivia writer is correct.
1: All now... Right Dang.
0: Let, uh, yeah, weird for Larry to kind of miss that, but it was integral to the plot that the, that the casket be open. So now let us consult the book... <laughs> We have nothing. There's absolutely nothing in this episode. In this. There's, <laughs> right. there's there's a transcript of Larry in action. Larry talking to Sven, the pro at the golf club, of course, played by Eric Stolhansky. I mean, we loved this scene, but especially this line, are Swedes touchy if you refer to them as Norwegians? Why don't you ask a Swede? Yeah, maybe I will. But there we go. No, no, what, there, Nobody was thinking anything in that episode, and there was no trivia. So, you may be seeing it. I'm sorry you had to stand up for that. And, that,
1: and, that's, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, okay. All right. To If you've never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 24-ish minutes being a lot of research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never... I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, Bosco, would you please stop pawing at the door? Mom will be home in a few minutes. Uh, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. Woo! If you like us, you can give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify, no matter which platform you're using if you're using one of those two. It'll it'll work either way. If you like us a little bit more than that, you can join us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging where for five bucks a month, you're going to get every episode early as well as uh, exclusive movie reviews whenever we uh, asterisk have the time (laughs) to record one. Um, uh, Apologies to... The uh, the patrons listening to this uh, for you know not doing one but you know y- you've uh, you've been getting some some good extra content with uh with our uh, regular episodes but I, I do want to give a special shout out to our patrons like Tamara Ortiz the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast John and Kathleen Murphy Tim's dad and mom <laughs> Will Hall Tanika Lagorio J Dog Conlord Nick Kudla <laughs> Don Queso Buck Naked and oh. Megan Stolarski. <laughs> Come on.
0: That's a new one. Do we have a new patron?
1: Uh, no. It's uh, – oh, okay. uh, that is <laughs> <Someone>. Nate Collins. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay, okay. Nate, Nate Collins, a.k.a. Buck Naked. Buck Naked. All that being said, season four, episode six, The Car Pool Lane. <laughs> original air date, February eighth, two 2004. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry finds an innovative way to use the HOV lane to get to a Dodgers game. Hmm. I don't don't hate it. Yeah. I don't know whether it gives. Are they getting better? Yeah. They might be.
0: We'll have to, at the end, see if we like it or not, uh, because it may not be that bad. We open the show at Jeff's, and Jeff and Larry are there, and they're just lost without golf. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. They have nowhere to play. They got kicked out of their old club, and the new one has not called them back yet. They're supposed to hear very soon. Larry wants to know if Jeff is going to the Dodger game. Nobody can get tickets. Evidently it's a super hot ticket. Marty, Funkhauser, has season tickets, and Jeff and Larry both imagine that he's probably not going because his dad just died. And so the tickets are not going to be used. And but it's like kind of tacky to ask, like, how how do you how do you do it? You know? And I, I love yeah. this back and forth of them, neither one of them really wanting to say Let's do it, you know, because you feel heartless. But because Larry did this a couple times, I think, where he was like, still, I, you know, it, it, the tickets are just going to go to waste. And yeah, and Jeff's like, how do you do it, though? You can't ask. What do you do? You say you can't ask. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Ask.
1: Still, you <laughs> kept coming back to it. This is a, another good example of how this season, at least this part of the season anyway, was not meant to be pushed until... Uh, after the first of the year 2004 because i mean a what baseball is happening in early february <laughs> yeah. and b we already had halloween is this to imply <laughs> that the dodgers are like deep into the playoffs yeah they're deep into, into, into the, the into the yeah I, is it called the playoffs the world series playoffs yeah in, uh, yeah, sure. in baseball yeah yeah but uh, like halloween was a couple of weeks ago right the the playoffs in baseball don't last like all of November.
0: No, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, it's uh yeah, I guess again with the 10 episode season or whatever we're working with, I think you just have to throw the timeline out the window and it's not <laughs> it's not going to match up correctly. Um, and Jeff remembers that on Sundays Marty has a uh, brunch at Nat's and then they're like, hey, we're gonna have breakfast anyway. We'll we'll just say hello. And, and then as Larry says, if, and then if the subject of baseball comes up, then there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the this is the equivalent of, of Homer's now now cake or pie, whatever it was, I'm gonna move my mouth like this and walk like this, and if you get in the way, that's not my fault. <laughs> um kind of like that. So over at Nats, which there are three restaurants that call themselves Nats. They may all be owned by the same company. There's Nat's Early Bite. There's in um where was Oh, Sherman Oaks. There's Nat's West Cafe. And there's Nat's on Ventura. And I don't know which one of these it is, if any. It might not be any of them, because I went and looked at all of the Nats and then I looked at what was across the street. And sure there might have been some construction in the past, what, eighteen 17, 18 years, whatever we're dealing with here. But nothing looked like what was across the street from any gnat in any location. So, unfortunately, my search for a location came up empty. It may not be any of them. But Marty is in there, wherever this is. And Larry is just being super friendly. I mean, he is laying it on pretty thick, (laughs) funny... In a funny way when he's like, oh, well, well, what are you having? Like, almost talking to him like a child. Because he's like, I, I got the turkey. And he's like, oh, turkey, turkey, turkey. Or something like that. It's oh really God, weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's being like friendly. He's, he's yeah. one step away from just, like, babbling. Like he yeah. would at a, at a toddler. <laughs> like,
0: turkey. Yeah. Way over the top. But it turns out Marty is going to the game. And Larry's like, well, have you heard anything? And he's like, where would I hear anything? He's like, I don't know. You know, you got... A ticket and he's like well the ticket's spoken for my dad's ticket is spoken for and then larry just before he leaves decides to try one last time to get the weatherman's tip the weatherman's golf tip um and i i mean it's funny that he did that here but i think it was just to remind us that that is still in play yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from two episodes ago so now that the weatherman's tip has been in because it was definitely in the last episode he asked him about it at the actual viewing <laughs> and now he's asked him about it at the diner. Still trying to get the weatherman's tip. The best tip that Marty Funkhauser has ever heard. Uh, at home, Larry's dad is there. Who, by the way, I think his name Nat. I think his name is Nat David in the show, interestingly enough. Um, yeah, I yeah.
1: I was very <laughs> confused by that.
0: Yeah. Um, but why? Just that his name is Nat or just that he had the same name as the diner?
1: Th- that he had the same name oh. as the diner. Like, yeah. it, I, I I don't know. Like, you're, you're not going to a, a specific place like diner like by name why name it why name it Nats if you're gonna have a character named Nat does that make sense I mean I I guess they were going to a specific diner but like they weren't going to a specific location like it wasn't important for the story for it to be still be named Nats like if it's not coming up in the story you know why yeah. why have a Nats diner and a Nat David Larry's dad
0: I agree and, and it kind of goes back to changing animals names to you know this dog that doesn't even appear on camera has to have larry david's dog's name which i guess whatever that they needed a dog's name and there it was but um also why have two uncle leos why have a leo funkhauser you're gonna call uncle leo when you had a very <laughs> famous uncle leo on your other show
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: um, but so larry's dad is there and larry comes down wearing his seinfeld like the gift jacket that they give to cast and crew at rap parties. <laughs> like those ugly things that no one wears ever. Yeah,
1: the, the thing that just hangs <laughs> in the back of everyone's closet.
0: Yeah, that's like a waste of money. Yet. Studios, I think, will not stop making them to this day. And Larry's going to wear it to jury duty because they hate people in the entertainment industry and he's trying to get out of jury duty. Uh, Cheryl comes in and I like the little back and forth he has about because she has, she's like, why are you wearing that old thing? And he's like, I'm trying to get out of jury duty. And he says, I would serve if they'd make me the foreman. I can't I can't serve under another foreman. (laughs) And and Cheryl says I don't think you choose, but I think you do. I think the jurors vote for a
1: foreman, don't they? Maybe I'm wrong about that. I've never had jury duty. I've been picked or I've gotten a jury duty notice before, but I've never been selected for jury duty.
0: I have Sarah's gotten it like twice in the past two or three years and she's had to call every time and, and they've said not come in. But um, I t- but yeah,
1: I, t- I tell you what, now that I'm a registered voter in Texas, I yeah. am terrified of doing Texas jury duty oh, because I gosh. know for a fact I am not going to have the same uh, outlook <laughs> and, and morals. As your uh, your standard yeehaw, your standard
0: Texan. Texan. Now what you got here is your standard Texan.
1: <laughs> slaps
0: roof of standard Texan. You can fit so you can fit so many problematic ideals in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, I couldn't think of a. I, uh, you can slaps the roof of problematic Texan. You can fit so many reasons why January 6 was necessary in here. Oh God. Oh uh. man. <laughs>
0: Uh, so Cheryl got Larry Dodger tickets oh my gosh tickets to the hottest game in town she's like go with Jeff and meanwhile Larry's dad's glaucoma is just really flaring up he can barely see and read the pressure on his eyes is just just so awful and Larry's like let me get you some marijuana and his dad is reluctant <laughs> the first thing he says is, I'm not some beatnik
1: like oh my yeah. gosh <laughs> well, wasn't When did pot become legal in California? Because I thought it was, like, around 2004. Am I wrong? Could
0: be, but that sounds kind of early. I mean, we could probably check it out. California legal weed. Um, So they had medicinal cannabis use in 1996. So I don't see why his dad couldn't get medicinal (laughs) weed for glaucoma. Couldn't
1: get a weed card, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and this is eight years into its medicinal run
0: yeah um in november of 2016 california voters approved an act to legalize the recreational use of cannabis so there was a uh uh, 2016 okay 2016 yeah Yeah. so at 96 to 2015 or 2016 that's when it was just medicinal but but now anybody can go ahead and, and get it but that is weird that, you know, that his dad wouldn't just go to the, you know, go get a, go get a license for it or whatever. So, but it, but his dad, maybe it's just because he's so reluctant and Larry's like, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to do this. So I'm going to have to do it for you. And I can't get a marijuana card. So, you know, he's going <laughs> to, this was funny. He's like, well, where, where would you get it? He's like, I don't know. I, I have no idea on the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny answer. As someone who also would have no idea how to get a hold of marijuana, like, Where would I start? You know, it's like,
1: like, I I don't know, the street. (laughs) Even though you can just go to a fucking store and buy it, Larry. (laughs) Yeah, really.
0: And so his dad agrees, as long as you have to do it with me. You have to do it with me. Larry just kind (laughs) of laughs it off. Uh, He's not going to do that. Uh, Over at Stanley Mosque, L.A. Superior Courthouse, which is at 111 North Hall Street in Los Angeles. The uh, jury questioning is going on, and they're asking all the normal stuff that, you know, you hear if you've ever been involved and i've I've sat in and like reported on jury selection and and court cases and stuff like that so they ask you know like do you have any connection to this crime and stuff like that they're asking you know have you ever been the victim of of a crime do you see any reason you wouldn't be able to give the defendant a fair trial and and they ask this one lady and she's a she's your typical great juror uh and then they they get to larry and they get to the question do you see any reason why you wouldn't be able to give the defendant an impartial trial and larry goes oh sure uh, because the defendant is a negro god. <laughs> and then he uh... the, there's like a record scratch in the courtroom and you know everyone stares at him and he goes problem <laughs> oh
1: my god and I'm, i ha- you know you know i'm just really happy he didn't drop the hard off
0: oh. Thank goodness, because he already has in a in a in a friendly sense, if there is such a thing.
1: <laughs> well, he he did, he didn't drop the hard R. Uh, we heard the hard he, R. Remember? Thought, he, I, I thought, don't know if there I don't know if there were any hard R's, but he did say the N word three times. We're, yeah. we're at three times. The the Larry David N word count is still at three.
0: I think he said, I'm your N-word with a hard R at least one of those times when they were at the party. Oh, oh. I think we both pointed out. We're like, did you hear it? Yep, I heard it. Oh, that's, did you hear that's it? right. Yep. <laughs> I remember
1: that now. Oh, yeah. no. That's right. Yep,
0: I thought I heard it. I wasn't going to say anything unless you did, but there it is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, he's, he, um, he's still. Now,
1: to, I, I just want to clarify. This, this. This does not count towards the Larry okay. David N-word count, right? Right, right. Okay.
0: If I can say it, it doesn't count.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. It <laughs> just depends but, on how, how canceled you want to be, Tim. Exactly.
0: So Larry got out of jury duty. What do you know? He's outside walking through the parking lot when he witnesses a drug deal with Hurley, the star of Weezer's album, Hurley. <laughs> and Lost, of course. He played Hurley on Lost. <laughs> and, of course, his name, I believe, is Jorge Garcia. I think that's his last name. I know his first name is Jorge Um, and see
1: I'm almost certain that his last name is Garcia but I'm not certain of what his first name is
0: teamwork makes the dream work Ted we did it (laughs) um yeah Jorge Garcia American actor there we go so it it is Hurley from Lost and Larry god this scene was so funny and and Jorge Garcia was just the best person who could have been in this because he plays it so friggin funny too but so straight Larry is so awkward and Hurley's like talking himself through it He probably, in his entire drug dealing career, was never more sure that this person was not a police officer. (laughs) Like, like, oh my god, this guy is freaking out. Like, this is one hundred percent not a cop. Um, but which brought which? If I was dealing at that point or is that what they want me to think that they send in this guy who's so squirrely that I think, oh my gosh, then I'm in my own head. But Hurley's (laughs) like talking him through it. He's like, first of all, just just calm down. Just pretend like we're old friends talking on the street. And Larry's like, huh, oh, well, okay. And then he's so boisterous and starts, like, smacking him. All right, right, too far, too far. (laughs) Too far, too much, settle down. It's like, okay, all right, too much. Uh, And so he offers to sell him, eventually, an ounce of swag for $200. (laughs) Which, again, as someone who has has never partaken, I think that's a, a humorous deal. Did you get the the feeling?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think an ounce is going to be two hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord.
0: Yeah, but again, if I was in Larry David's position, I'd be acting the exact same way and go. Hey, two hundred. Uh, yeah, that's that's good. That's a good deal. Two hundred for swag. <laughs> um, and then they have an awkward. Ex- and and then Larry also like he won't let go of the money until he has. He's like, we'll let go at the same time. One, two, three. Like thinking he, that Hurley's gonna like <laughs> rip him off or something. He's like, oh, no, I want my hands on. He's like, your hand is on it, dude. Just go. You're, and then you're touching starts, it. Yeah, you're, you're touching it. You're touching it. Let go of the money. And then he's like, okay. He's like, now go. He's like, okay. Uh, it would any particular direction. He's like, no, it doesn't matter. Just go. And so he starts walking one way, and then he's like. I, I actually have to go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> just hilarious. In his car, Larry spent so much time in court, and there's so much traffic on the road that he, there's no way he's going to make it to the game. The only thing moving is the carpool lane, so he can't get to Dodger Stadium to see the game, and so he's just gonna, you know, just going to head home and miss the whole thing. And that's when a hooker approaches, and Larry looks at her and looks at the carpool lane and says, get in the car. And so now... <laughs> Larry is in the carpool lane just cruising on his way to Dodger Stadium passing everybody and he's going to pay her for her time to sit in the car at Dodger Stadium I guess presumably so either A he can take the carpool lane back or B he'll return her to where she works or whatever Did you I guess yeah. I-,
1: I don't know I was a little little confused on like why he wanted her to stay in in the yeah. car cuz like he he knows that Jeff's not going to be able to make it at this point
0: Right. Yeah. And I, I could be like, well, you know what? You're you're working Dodger Stadium now. See ya. Like, I don't know what my you know what I'm supposed to do. Um, yeah, I don't know what I, protocol I, is. Again,
1: yeah. <laughs> Although I, I did love her her justification because uh, Larry wants her for five hours, $200 an hour, $1,000 total. She says that she can give four blowjobs an hour if she wasn't <laughs> sitting in Larry's car. Yeah. Uh, but we we get like a little passage of time. And she finds the second ticket, demands that Larry gives her the second ticket, un- uh, or else he's going to drive her back to the corner, and she's going to call her pimp. Yeah, and yeah. Larry's like, "Okay, yeah, second ticket it <laughs> Yeah, we we
0: we've just seen what Larry is like around actual criminals, so he didn't want no <laughs> part of being you know turn, like messing with anyone's uh, any pimps money. Um, yeah, and so it's it's seven fifty, and she's going to go to the game. She gets to go to the game, and, and it's seven fifty. At Dodger Stadium, which I at this it was a
1: point, thousand. Why well, where a, did I hear a thousand? It's, it's
0: a thousand. It was a thousand dollars to sit in the car, and she's like seven fifty, and I go to to the game, and he's like, I oh, only have okay. one ticket, and that's when she finds the extra ticket. So it's it's seven fifty okay. and the game and food. She's like, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting food too. So you know, um, it's it's all of that, and so at Dodger Stadium, which at this point because we had two verifiable locations in Los Angeles, I had to check the Stanley Mosque. L.A. Superior Courthouse is from Dodger Stadium two point two miles. <laughs> it is an eight minute drive on no major highways. Oh, you, my God! You just you go up one road and take a right, and you take you end up on Sun. You're, you're taking Caesar Chavez Drive, and then that turns into Sunset, and then you make a right at Vin Scully Drive, and you're at Dodger Stadium. He could have walked in thirty nine minutes, according to Google Maps. It's a 40-minute walk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he could not stay parked crap. at like, the courthouse. Yeah, for free. Because uh, yeah. I'm sure parking at Dodger Stadium ain't free.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so 2.2 miles. I thought that was pretty funny. Because <laughs> I noticed when I Googled the courthouse, I was like, I can see Dodger Stadium in the, in the map.
1: <laughs> like right I can see there. Dodger Stadium in the very small yeah. preview of the Google Maps listing. I could pro-
0: yeah, I could probably see exactly the tiny little thumbnail. I could probably see it from S- Stanley Moss Courthouse Street View. Like just turn around and like, oh, there's Dodger <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's right. It's right there. They're they're messing with the geography just a little bit for us uh, flyover states. They, they settle into their seats, and that's when Larry, who asked earlier where Marty's seats were, he he uses his binoculars and sees him sitting next to an empty seat and he's acting you know sort of squirrely and and the hooker notices and she's offended that larry is pretending not to be with her and she says <laughs> if you don't if you if you don't act like you're with me i will pull a titty out right here <laughs> 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 which is hilarious. It's always funny when you can get a, a funny use of the word titty out of somebody. And so uh, that, that, qualifies in my book.
1: We know that Larry's obsessed with tits. Yes.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. It was, he was like, he's like so upset that she might do that. She's like, okay. So pretend you're with me, you know, that we're together or whatever. But nearby Larry spots, the guys who interviewed him for the country club that he's trying to get into. So Larry excuses himself and goes down to Marty's seats and asks if he can sit in the empty seat but the seat is a memorial for his dad yeah and He's Larry's an being empty.
1: such a huge dick here oh yeah like absolute huge like fucking cock yeah about on, this on the one hand it's it doesn't make
0: any sense to me I know I have no sentimentality like and it's not my loved one who has passed away or whatever but like but you don't need to say it I would never say it you know but Larry David's the guy that says everything that that sometimes dicks are thinking um and so i would go oh, you know it's, it's empty and the dad's not it's not like he's like actually watching us or whatever you know like <laughs> let me sit there but i wouldn't say that it's just yeah. not something you say you go oh yeah okay well bad luck for me i mean you don't even say that part of it you just go oh, i understand everyone grieves in their own way or whatever but but the, the seat is a memorial for his dad and i like the part where where larry's like marty ends up saying somehow like i wouldn't let you sit there even for not even for a minute like, what do you mean not even for a minute <laughs> that's, a, that's a uh it was kind of a dumb improv i think back up at the uh nosebleed section where larry's seats are the country club guys see him with the prostitute and at first larry's like ah. he, he almost gets a word out of like trying to explain himself but i liked this turn where he realizes I- i'm not gonna be able to talk myself out of this so he just goes hey, you know, uh, if you're ever looking for a blowjob at a reasonable price.
1: God <laughs> like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and she even like she uh, she agrees. She's like, hey. Yeah. she nods. Yeah, yeah. And, and it,
0: <laughs> it was just it's so great that he le- he was like just leaned into it. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm caught. What am I going to do? And I might as well, you know, leave these guys with a fuck. you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I like that Larry, you know, this is the second time we've seen Larry embracing marginalized people. You know, he, he sat down with the Muslim and with the mentally challenged guys and had a, a, a fantastic, boisterous lunch that, again, like some dicks, like the, the business partners from the producers, I think we're looking down on. And now these stuck up country club guys saw him with and just a, just an African-American woman, like, yeah, doesn't even have to be a prostitute. Like, I'm sure just they might not even put two and two together, like until he said the BJ thing, I guess. And Larry, like, embraces it, which I think, uh, you know, speaks to his character. As, as thin as that is sometimes. <laughs> uh, so after the game, Marty parked conveniently
1: close to Larry. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, not, not not one space down, but, like, two spaces down opposite where Larry's uh, yeah. at. Like, like a, uh, you know what I mean? Like, fr- front yeah. of their cars right, are front to opposite front. each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very convenient. But his car also won't start. And he asks, uh, you know, he asks Larry for some help. This was, this was a dick move. Like, whatever Larry said in the ballpark when he's like, "Oh well, why don't you ask your father for a jump start?" And he starts yelling at the passenger, empty passenger seat, obviously. Hey, uh, Lou, can you give your, can you give your son a push? Oh my gosh, Jeez. <laughs> you didn't have God to do that, damn. Larry. <laughs> you didn't have to be like that. Fucking eviscerated him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Marty, uh, Marty's got to pick somebody up at the airport, so he's like, "I, I need a ride to the airport." <laughs> and Larry goes, "Here's the problem: I, I'm with a prostitute." And Marty is like, "My <laughs> eyes are closed. I don't. I won't say anything. I'll sit in the back, whatever." Um, and Larry then goes, "I'll tell you. What, I'll give you a ride if you give me the weatherman's tip." And <laughs> I like that Marty said, "That's the only thing I can't do." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like so god. serious. That's the that's the only thing I can't do. I, I'm wondering like what other things he was willing to do. Then. I know, I know. Yeah, that's the only thing I can't do. It's give you the weatherman's tip. And so Larry's like, "All right, well, have fun. Call a cab, I guess." And and so you know, Morty relents and steps out and starts giving him the weatherman's tip. And I I wish we could have heard this. It's a bit of a, Mac- a MacGuffin, like because we're not going to know what the tip is. But the first part of the tip is, "All right, you stand like normal and then forget everything you know about golf." Like oh. oh my god! <laughs> Come on, uh, <laughs>
1: that's so
0: lazy. How is yeah. that step one for, of the tip?
1: Exactly for for something that's been a part of three <laughs> consist yeah, yeah. Uh, three consecutive episodes now. Like you could have you could have written like a a single thing about a fake golf tip. Yeah, I'm like, sure I'm sure everyone in that writers room has gotten a bad golf tip at some point.
0: Yeah, take yeah, take a golf tip that you already know and just attribute it to this. Like, but I don't even have to know the tip. But I I just hate that they that the first part of it is forget everything you know about golf. What do you mean? <laughs> that's that's just way too broad and like, um, you know, you'll like flop on. Okay, like all of a sudden your legs go limp. Like, oh, I forgot how to stand. <laughs> that's part of golf. <laughs> um, forget everything you do about uh, you know about golf. So in the airport, Larry leaves uh, the prostitute in the car so he can go to the bathroom at the airport. And when he goes in, he gets Marty to hold his jacket. And I, I, at first, I was kind of confused. I was like, man, Larry has to go number two. But remember, I guess even in public restrooms, he sits down to pee. And he's That's like, what, are the, true. what if they don't have hooks? So That's he true. gives Marty his jacket. And after coming out of the bathroom, Larry sees Marty being hauled away. And a, a, a German shepherd barking its head off about the <laughs> marijuana that was found in the Seinfeld jacket. So outside, Larry is like, Oh my gosh, Marty just got arrested for marijuana. It was in my pocket. I forgot I had it. And he was like, It was for my dad. And uh, no problem because the prostitute has marijuana on her. And she calls it chronic. And Larry, who now knows a little bit of drug lingo, goes, Oh, uh, that, that's swag. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Yeah. And she looks at him. She's like, You have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's swag.
0: Uh, and she's like but this ain't free put this on my tab and he's like oh i'll tell you what i i can't pay you because i am out of cash i I already took five hundred dollars and there's a limit out uh you know uh for the atm did he take that out for the marijuana i can't remember what else he paid for today that he needed cash for
1: um i i don't he mentions
0: it here i think but
1: i i must have been it it makes sense within
0: the plot yeah that, that he was gonna yeah that he so we already took and she's like this t- to me was another line that I cracked up at when she's like what he was like I'll pay you tomorrow and she's like what this ain't pussy on layaway
1: God damn it yeah <laughs> she was so good this she actress was, was incredible so good. yes yeah, I like, I think she's what made the episode for me
0: yeah n- no doubt like sometimes a character like this can be kind of annoying and it's not pulled off well but she did everything right um you know hit all the right notes at the right times for an improvised show like this and uh so larry's like well we'll we'll go to my dad's and get cash there and then i'll pay you there and so at larry's dad's condo he gives his dad the weed and then larry just went out by his by himself but then the hooker knocks on the door and barges in we finally find out her name is monina oh my god yeah this is a seinfeld level delay in getting a main character's name The last five minutes of the episode, (laughs) they both rope Larry into smoking with them and Larry does not respond well. Monina and Nat are
1: getting very (laughs) giggly with each other. Larry Larry gets dangerously, like, scary high. Meanwhile, Nat and Monina, they're just having a really fun time. Oh, yeah.
0: Typical stoner giggles and, yeah, what what do you expect to see? Yeah. Larry excuses himself to go to the bathroom and has a mirror freak out Gollum style (laughs) from Lord of the Rings. It it was very surreal. This was a very surreal, like, because, you know, it, it was filmed like Gollum where... The reflection is yelling at Larry David, and then it turns on Larry, and he's immediately like, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." It was like so, like that Lord of the Rings sequence that I. It must have been inspired by it. Yeah, had um, to, had to be right. Yeah, because it's so much like it. Um, Larry drops the F slur during his mirror freakout. So. Oh, he does. I
1: didn't catch that.
0: You, mi- oh my gosh, Ted! I can't believe that. Oh my yeah. god, mirror, okay. mirror, Larry
1: David calls him
0: the F word. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, it is two thousand and four. With a hard T. Uh, I feel like I have to let you know whether he, you know, short <laughs> whether he abbreviated it or whether yeah, it, was, yeah. it was the full oh, one with no. a hard T on the end.
1: Yeah. I didn't catch that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. So there's that. You know, after talking about how after talking about how Larry embraces marginalized people, I guess I forgot that he said that and to himself in the mirror in a room where he is alone. We just happen to be watching this TV show where the character said that, you know, um, but he goes out. He leaves the bathroom. Monina is was making a phone call. And so she comes back to the room at the same time. And Nat's glaucoma has cleared up and he can finally see And Monina comes back in the room and he goes, it's a hookah. God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> which is <was> good. <laughs> So at the courthouse, Larry is there with Marty for a hearing about taking the blame for the weed being in the jacket. And it's at that point that Monina, who is also being hauled in to court for something, prostitution probably, comes over to Larry and demands the $200 he owes her in front of Cheryl, who's also there, who rolls her eyes at Larry going, this is your 10th anniversary present.
1: (laughs) See, I was a... Uh, do you think Monina was there like getting questioned about something but because I thought uh the lawyer says they brought in the only possible witness who could uh oh. who could stand up for what Larry did and I'm like I thought it was did a they coincidence. Bring in monina yeah I don't know but but then I again, know, maybe, I think... maybe it was a coincidence because she's saying to the to the attorney she's like you know I know my way out of here
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think Larry's the only possible witness to Morty's innocence. Oh, uh, to yeah. Morty? Ma- Morty. Marty's innocent. I've been wanting to do that the whole time <laughs> because of Morty Seinfeld. Now that we have a Morty and a Marty. Yeah, to Marty's. Larry's the only possible one because it was his marijuana that he bought for his dad. And so he's showing up to take the blame. Um, but yeah, M- Morty is like Cheryl going, this is your 10th anniversary present. All of the mistaken 10th, an- 10th anniversary presents crack me up. Um, but... As the court begins its session, Larry sees that the judge is the same one from the jury duty, who heard Larry (laughs) say what he said about the offendant to get out of jury duty. And so we cut to the the hearing going on, and the judge asks Larry, what do you have to say for yourself? And Larry has his arm around Monina and begins explaining the situation as Frolic starts up, and that's the end of the episode.
1: Oh man! All righty. Uh, what do we got for
0: homework this week? Um, I didn't write anything down. Although, okay. do you want me now to go into my pre homework? Ooh, yes. Because I promised that at the end of the last episode that we just roll it in here, and maybe I'll maybe I'll find out other stuff for homework next week. But I wanted to mention that this the game, the Dodgers game that they were at was a real game that was really happening May twelfth okay. of two thousand three, an actual. <laughs> Um, the Los Angeles Dodgers lost to the Braves 11 to four. They dropped one to the Braves, uh, and Juan Catalan was there or Catalan. I don't know how he might say his last name. Juan Catalan was there. He wasn't even supposed to be there. Uh, he was 24 at the time and he snagged last minute tickets from a client. I don't know what he does, but this article from the post just says a client, he wasn't even supposed to be there. A few months later, August 12th of 2003, he was arrested for the murder of 16-year-old Martha Puebla, who had recently testified against a gang member in in a gang murder in which Juan's brother Mario was charged and eventually convicted as an accessory. Authorities said that Juan, who had been in the courtroom during the hearing, had killed Puebla in retaliation for cooperating with police. And so he was facing this murder charge that took place May 12th, 2003, the night he was at Dodger Stadium. 20 miles away from where the murder happened.
1: Oh my God.
0: But he was at the game, right? He had an alibi. His six-year-old daughter, uh, Melissa, was there with him. And his cousin and a friend were all there. But that wasn't enough for the LAPD. And the prosecutor, who had never lost a case, was going to push for the death penalty for Puebla's murder. And so he hired this lawyer, uh, Wanded Todd Melnick, who went to Dodger Stadium, poured over all the security footage they had. Nothing, nothing came up. Then Juan remembered that he had seen a camera crew filming in his section of the ballpark on the night in question. Melnick found out it was H, it was HBO, and-, <gasps> and Juan said, I had never even heard of Larry David or Curb Your Enthusiasm at the time, but the producers allowed Melnick to view their footage from that day. He sourced eight 10-minute tapes, so not a huge part of his t- 80 minutes of tape, before he found his holy grail, Juan, in his number 27 Kevin Brown shirt and his young daughter walking to their seats, after returning from the concession stand, was in B roll oh, of the show. Oh my
1: god! It did not
0: make the final cut. It was in raw footage from that that they had <laughs> that they had filmed. Yeah, and that's th-
1: incredible.
0: Here's the crazy thing: they had been stopped by a production assistant, so as not to interrupt filming. But for some reason, the PA was like, "Okay, you guys can go ahead and go to your seats, and let Juan and his little Melissa walk to their seats." And you can see them in the background of the action and juan is like could you imagine if my sister had not asked for a snack unless melissa it was melissa's cousin i might have oh six-year-old daughter i'm sorry six-year-old daughter melissa he's like could you imagine if she hadn't asked for a snack he wouldn't have ended yeah. up in he been, the footage yeah dead <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so there's a documentary called long shot that's on netflix i hope it's still there because i want to check it out it was released in 2017 and larry david in the documentary you know they talked to him about it. he's like there he was pretty cool he doesn't say pretty, pretty cool, as far as I know. He just says, <laughs> pretty cool. Still, the prosecutor argued, oh, that footage is from 9, 10 p.m., and the murder occurred at 10.30. Juan definitely could have left early, driven to the scene of the crime, and still had time to kill Puebla. So he was back to square one. But that's when cell phone records came in, showing that Juan had picked up when his girlfriend called him at 10.12, and the tower pinged near Dodger Stadium. He finally had a clean and clear alibi. And after God sitting in it. jail wow. for five and a half months... He was released uh, when a judge dismissed the case at a preliminary hearing. And his attorney said if Juan had been home that night, he might be on death row right now. That's how crazy this was. <laughs> Only by happenstance did he get tickets to go to the game that night. Only by happenstance would Kirby filming in his section that night. Uh, and in 2007, so four years later, Juan received $320,000 in settlement uh, from his civil lawsuit against the LAPD and the city of Los Angeles for false imprisonment, misconduct, and defamation and in 2008 raul robledo received a life term for the murder of puebla also that same year in 2008 juan got to meet larry david so
1: wow yeah
0: so so he did end up meeting larry he did he did uh five years i guess after the the whole ordeal <laughs> they arranged for him to meet up so yeah i don't know if any of that ends up in the documentary but again it's called long shot i don't think it's very long eh, despite what the name uh, might indicate so i i, I do want to check this out i really want to check this out um, but it's just a crazy story. And I remember, I remember all of this making the news, you know, I, I, for some reason, I remember it being, it was 2003. I don't think I was on the air at that point, but I like, I remember it like maybe it was 2017 when the documentary came out. That might be it. Cause I remember like reading about it in, hmm. in our show prep and all of this In
1: 2017, you said,
0: yeah. In 2017 or when was the, yeah, 2003, when did he get out? 2000, Oh, 2008, somebody five months in jail. I don't know. But yeah, I remember. I, I remember. I remember when this news came out. I don't remember if I was on the air. If I'm confusing it with something else or whatever. But but yeah, it was a pretty pretty crazy story
1: about this episode. God, that's uh that's wild. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm glad we covered that in this episode though because yeah. uh as you as you said that this episode itself is uh, probably uh, gonna attract more people because of this episode huh. and yeah. um. I'm glad that, glad that we covered that while we have those people listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, what do you like for cover art this week, Tim?
0: Hmm. I mean, it's got to be something with Larry and, and Monina, but but what? I wonder if there's a good three shot of them smoking up.
1: Uh, may, Maybe a good wide shot, but nothing like close yeah. enough that maybe L- Larry can tell anything.
0: Larry with Monina in the car or at the game, something with her. I think.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll I'll find something. Larry and Monina. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what we can do about this week's description. So we had Larry finds an innovative way to use the HOV lane to get to a Dodgers game. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: it covers a lot of ground while only describing really one aspect of plot. I mean, he had to get out of jury duty first. This was, really was like a like a uh, an act one act two kind of episode that we don't get very much he's got jury jury duty getting the weed for his dad and then getting to dodger stadium but i mean like we really don't don't need all of that uh probably so i i don't think i can make this any better
1: okay i i like it as is i like it
0: and it's kind of fun and teasy enough like oh what's this gonna be (laughs) larry what have you done this time that's another good um one of their normal Larry, what have you done this time?
1: <laughs> what? That doesn't tell us anything about the
0: episode. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we got to keep it.
1: All right. Uh, lastly, Tim, did you like this episode?
0: Ted, if it wasn't obvious enough, I absolutely love this episode. I'm giving it, maybe for the first time ever, a double star. I think it's... Uh, w- what? I think it, and that, it doesn't mean anything. Oh, <laughs> okay. star really doesn't. <laughs> okay, okay. Except it maybe it will remind me that this is maybe my number one. This is what I think maybe the, <laughs> the best episode of the series so far.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's so well crafted. Like I said, All it right. is. We, it's... We, are, we are introducing a, a new rule with the double star. It is, <laughs> uh, whenever you give it, it uh, gets taken away from your previous double star episode. And it is your favorite or what you believe to be the best episode of the series to date.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So I can give out multiple double stars. It just means the other one goes away.
1: Exactly, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, you you can only have one best episode to date.
0: Yeah, well, maybe I should give this one three so I can give the next one two. No, no. (laughs) Like, we've had a couple episodes recently where we're like, God, what happened? How do we even describe what happened? And this one is like, so all the action falls in such a beautiful way like dominoes and Larry caught in a... Weird compromising situation that he, you know, can't talk his way out of. And it's just so funny that he buys a prostitute, like, for this weird reason and <laughs> goes to the game with her and, and takes her to his dad's place. And, and it's such like a, a fish out of water. That's All that stuff is funny with buying drugs and, like, and the juxtaposition of their stations in life, a billionaire and a sex worker. You know, it's like, and she was hilarious. You know, I, I, I just can't say enough good things about it. What do you think?
1: I... Loved this episode as well. Yes. I am so happy that we're finally into two consecutive great episodes. Yes. Because, wow, season four did not start <laughs> off well. And I was really worried.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, m- yeah.
1: Much, uh, much to the opposite of Seinfeld season four, where everyone's like oh yeah season four season four is the best season four stride, every yeah. every episode is is great you start off season four of curb and it's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah yeah and, but,
1: until you get to the five wood you know i'm
0: like and I, uh, and I, I think it'll pick up like because i think the the producer's storyline i remember loving when it was on but like we haven't even really moved the chains as far as that storyline goes in a long time it's like all right well schwimmer's here now but now he's gone again. You know we have an episode without any movement in the producers, but but I'm not I'm not hating on
1: it for that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. All right. Well, Tim. Next week we have got season four, episode seven, "The Surrogate." Original air date February twenty second, two thousand and four. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry's decision to buy a surrogate mother a baby shower gift backfires. Dot dot dot. Oh, as no. do his efforts to pass a routine physical.
0: I don't hate it because they've married two topics together with one verb, and that's backfired. Um, I don't like the dot dot dot. We'll see. We'll see if it if if any of it holds up. Sometimes none of it holds up, but it's I don't I don't I don't totally hate it. Um, but I do hate their editorializing. Of the, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> the thing there. It's
1: uh, it's not great.
0: By the way, can you just like predict already? And maybe this is some recess of my brain that remembers it, but that Larry's not going to consider a surrogate mother a, a real, real mother uh oh, i didn't even want to say it <laughs> yeah
1: i i'm already preparing myself for it
0: good <laughs> prepare yourself. everybody prepare yourselves <laughs> and uh,
1: is that it yeah i think that is it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted haldwell be good